1: Waters raging.
2: I wonder where my truck's at. Yeah, your truck's going, dude.
1: A father and son trapped in a tree, trying to save a woman from drowning. Give everything you got while you're there. Yep. We did. I wasn't going to let go. But then they see a house on fire that's been
3: swept off its foundation, racing towards them. He said, don't worry about me. As the house was coming towards us, don't worry about me. Swim.
1: June 23rd, 2016, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. A small town in the Allegheny Mountains, 120 miles southeast of Charleston. It's best known for its sprawling luxury resort called the Greenbrier that's been around since the American Revolution. Mark Solak is a longtime resident who owns a construction company here. There's heavy rain this morning, and the area is prone to floods, but Mark's not worried.
4: We occasionally have got the flash flood alerts over our phones. Well, you hear Wolf enough times, you don't necessarily get scared all the time.
1: Mark's son, Josiah, is home for the summer from college and working for his dad. I mean, it's fine. He's a stickler from time to time. (laughs) Across town, Becky Phillips is arriving for her shift as a housekeeper at the Greenbrier, about a mile from her home.
5: If you live in White Sulphur, you're associated with the Greenbrier in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You either work there, somebody you live with works there, or it contributes to their business. I went out for break at 9.30 and it was just pouring. Becky's 14-year-old daughter,
1: Michaela is at home with her two siblings and their disabled father.
5: Michaela called me probably every 20 minutes, saying, Mom, you need to come home. We can't get out of the neighborhood because Wade's Creek has already come up over the bridge. About 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, she was really getting scared. That's when it changed for me. I just clocked out and left. I left my vehicle there, and I walked down because I thought, well, if the water's that high, I don't want to get stuck in the car and can't get out. So I just walked the mile it was away.
1: 2 p.m. Mark Solak gets a panic call from his wife. Their house is flooding.
4: The mountains on the west side of our county usually knock the thunderstorms off, or they have a tendency to slow down the weather. They didn't do it this time.
1: Everything, as promised, has lined out and worked its way all the way down to West Virginia. We're talking about showers and thunderstorms that are still producing wind damage, strong enough to still knock down some large trees. After Mark races home and rolls up carpets in his basement, Josiah grabs a rope, and the two head out to check on neighbors.
4: As we're walking straight down the street, there's a little black car sitting in the middle of the road. Mark and Josiah
1: see there's a woman trapped inside. They wade towards her, hoping they can pull her to safety before floodwaters submerge the car. Two hours northwest, In Charleston, Savannah Jones is at work in her office. Outside, the storm is raging, and water is overflowing the banks of the Elk River, where it meets the Kanawha River.
6: I got a call from my mom. She was stuck. Next thing she knew, the water was up to the bottom of her door. She was freaking out. So I told her to get off the phone with me and call someone to get help.
1: Savannah gets permission to leave work and she races home to Elkview where her mother is trapped in the floodwaters. 20 miles north in Clendenin, despite the storm, Susan Jack is busy packing.
7: She and her teenage daughter are preparing to move to Ohio for a fresh start. The economy prompted me to look for other opportunities and Dayton at that time. Another week, maybe week and a half, and I wouldn't have been here.
1: A West Virginia native, Susan knows that terrain can be unforgiving.
7: If you can imagine the mountain like being a huge sponge, and it had rained these torrential rains all day long, and that huge sponge, which is that mountain, fills with water. And eventually, all of that water comes out and it's got to go somewhere. 5.30 PM, the sponge squeezes. I'm a farm gal. I've worked in tough industries my whole life. I'm a pretty tough chick. I don't scare easily. And that scared me to see what looked like a river coming off the side of a mountain where there was no river before. It was like white water, rapid water, but it wasn't white water, it was brown. And it was coming right down the hill, into the parking lot, my car was down there. It just missed my car by, by a foot or it washed my car away.
1: Back in White Sulphur Springs, Mark and Josiah are making their way towards a woman trapped in her car.
0: I looked up and here come these two men around the corner up there with a rope.
1: When father and son reach the car, the driver introduces herself as Teresa Lowe.
0: Mark had said he would have never seen me if it wouldn't have been for I had my head sticking out the window and my curly hair.
1: As they help her out, the floodwaters pick up speed.
3: Took a couple steps and it was just pushing me back. There wasn't any walking forward. We're
4: not gonna walk out of here. We gotta look for some way to save ourselves where we are. We made our way to a tree,
3: and we just held on waiting for the water to go down.
4: Our constant thoughts are, hey, it's gonna start going down soon. This is crazy, it's absurdly high. But the
1: water just keeps going higher. Josiah scrambles up the tree. Mark wraps one arm around Teresa and clings onto the same rope as his
4: son. And all of a sudden, I just felt a whack. It's like, oh, crap, that's not good. And I kind of look up at my thumb, and it's like, well, that's real bad.
3: It honestly looked like somebody just took a fillet knife and slit the side of his thumb.
4: I looked and said, well, not much I can do about it here. It's not like I'm gonna get any first aid. Mark realizes
1: they need to get in a better position to help Teresa, so they try to pull her up
3: into the tree. We were trying, 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 trying. We just couldn't.
0: Literally, my legs were flying out from under me. We could barely hold on because the water was so strong.
1: To get a better grip on Teresa, Mark manages to climb the tree while still hanging onto her. Then he and Josiah take turns holding onto Teresa. As painful as it is, letting go is never an option.
3: We just. I mean, the one thing I can say is from the time that I was little, I was taught, you know, once you start something, Finish. don't quit it. But for Mark, Josiah, and Teresa, things are about to get a lot worse. The
1: house on fire that you see here has broken off its foundation and is heading
4: right for them. Save yourself. I told them, don't worry about me, don't worry about Teresa. When the house hits us, not if the house hits us, it's when. When.
1: These are thunderstorms that are still producing wind damage, just about to get real ugly there. In White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, Mark and Josiah Solak and the woman they're trying to save, Teresa Lowe, are stuck in a tree. It's been three hours, and the water has risen to eight feet high. Now the house on fire in this video, torn from its foundation by the flash flood, is barreling towards
3: them. He said, don't worry about me as the house was coming towards us.
4: Swim, save yourself.
1: Across town, housekeeper Becky Phillips has left work at the Greenbrier Resort. She's trying to make her way home through the raging storm after getting frantic phone calls from her daughter, Michaela.
5: She's just saying, Mom, you really need to get here. And I said, Mikayla, I'm on my way. I'm walking as fast as I can. When I got down to actually into White Sulphur, the fish from the fish hatchery was swimming up the road. You could see fish everywhere. People were out catching fish with their hands
1: in the street. (laughs) Becky tries to reach Mikayla, but she can't get through.
5: Mikayla's phone cut off, and then I couldn't get a hold of anyone. I needed to get to my children. That was the only goal I had in mind, was to get to my kids.
1: 135 miles away in Elkview, Savannah Jones and her boyfriend are searching for Savannah's mother, who's trapped in her car. They pull over to talk to police.
6: They told me, as far as they know, everyone had been rescued. I knew that if she had gotten out in any way, she would find a way to contact me.
1: Over in the town of Clendenin, Susan Jack and her daughter are watching the flash flood from their balcony.
7: The whole time, it's like a train. It's like this roar. I remember us taking pictures. We were laughing about it because we were okay. What we didn't know is it was just beginning. Trapped in a tree in White
1: Sulphur Springs, Mark, Josiah, and Teresa watch in horror as floodwaters carry a burning house straight towards them.
0: I was at least waste in the water, debris was hitting me, tree was popping and cracking. And we were worrying about if we was gonna, our tree was gonna catch on fire.
4: And literally it came straight, 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 straight. And within the last little bit, all of a sudden it decided to turn and go around the tree. But then it went
3: back to the other side and hit the middle of the bridge.
4: I don't know why it turned. It makes no sense to why it turned, other than I've heard a couple different things, but prayer is probably the number one thing that I've heard that saved us that time.
1: Half a mile away, Becky Phillips still hasn't been able to contact her daughter, Michaela or anyone else in her family. She's desperate to make it home, but the floodwaters are treacherous.
5: At some places, the water was going so fast, you thought you were gonna fall. I mean, it it would push your feet.
1: When Becky finally approaches her house, police have the area blocked off. She sees people gathered at the gas station down the road.
5: I was trying to see if anybody had heard anything that was going on. So for three hours, I I didn't know anything absolute silence.
1: 140 miles northwest in Clendenin, Susan Jack, alarmed by the rising floodwaters, decides to check on her relatives in the nearby town of Elkview.
6: Unbelievable.
1: She and her daughter are relieved to find that everyone is safe. But as the floodwaters keep rising, Susan realizes they won't be for long.
7: I remember standing on Main Street, Elkview, West Virginia, And if you ever saw the movie, The Blob, it just oozed up the street. That's what it looked like. I'd never, ever seen floodwaters do that before. So we knew there was something really abnormal about this.
1: Susan and her cousins snap into action and pile
7: into their cars, including her cousin Jimmy. It's still pouring the rain down. It hasn't stopped i looked at jimmy and i said you know where are we going to go the water's over the four-way down here and you know it's over the road down here and he pointed up to the top of one of the mountains and he goes we're going that way
1: in white sulfur springs the ordeal at the tree stretches into a fifth hour and into the night josiah solak's training on the college wrestling team helps him focus all
4: his energy on saving teresa Lowe. She's like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. And Josiah with his college training and the you know, the weight training coach hollering and screaming, you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you can do this. So he had to do that a lot of times to keep I Teresa gonna, going. And, I wasn't going to let go. If you think about doing 10 curls, now don't do 10 curls. Just hold on to that bar for four hours. Your arm will disintegrate. And that's what mine was starting to do.
1: And then, in the distance, they see lights peering through the storm, and for the
3: first time in many hours, hope. I saw just a set of headlights moving across the bridge, just real slow. I'm like, what is that?
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
8: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: As night falls in Elkview, West Virginia, Savannah Jones arrives at the Crossings Mall the elevated shopping center has become a safe haven from the floodwaters below. Savannah is still searching for her mother.
6: As we were trying to leave, the culvert collapsed, so we had no way to get out.
1: Further down the mountain, Susan Jack and her family are hoping to outrun the flood and find some high ground.
7: And I noticed a line of people looking over toward the crossings mall. And I'm like, wow, hey, what's going on? And the bridge that goes over to the crossings mall was completely gone. There were hundreds of people over at that mall. They were stranded.
1: Back in White Sulphur Springs, Becky Phillips gets a call from her son.
5: He said, Mom, they rescued us out of the house, but we can't find Michaela. And then the phone went dead.
1: Becky finds her sons and her husband safe and sound in a nearby ambulance. The floodwaters propelled them all out a window of their house, and Michaela is missing.
5: My husband said maybe she got out and went to a friend's house and they just don't have a way to call us. And I, of course, was not thinking that. I was thinking the worst, which is what the moms usually do. We think it, we just don't say it.
1: After five hours clinging for life in a tree, Josiah Solak sees something in the distance.
3: Set of headlights moving across the bridge, just real slow. And I'm like, what is that? It's a bulldozer trudging through
1: the floodwaters to rescue them. Josiah's brother had spotted them in the tree
4: and alerted a bulldozer operator. Ryan, the the guy with the bulldozer, he came out on the track of the bulldozer and helped Teresa and untangled her. And the feeling of joy is just unbelievable. I literally just slid off the bulldozer and I just started walking towards my house.
1: Mark and Teresa are treated for hypothermia and Mark's thumb is stitched up. A lucky ending for all three. Not so for Savannah Jones' mother, 46-year-old Melissa Hess, whose body is recovered the next day.
6: They had said her vehicle was Um, had been swept over, probably close to where she had called me from. At that point, I just kind of felt numb. There's not a day that goes by that I don't wish that I could just be with her and see her again.
1: Nearly seven weeks after her daughter went missing, Becky Phillips gets a visit from the local sheriff. They recovered Michaela's body.:
5: Michaela bought us a necklace for Mother's Day. Mine said, "Mother and her said daughter." And I knew that she was wearing it because she never took it off. That's how they knew that was Michaela when they found her.
1: The storm of June 23rd, 2016, dumps up to 10 inches of rain in just 12 hours.
7: Oh, it's heartbreaking.
1: The flash floods take 23 lives. As White Sulphur Springs recovers, the town dedicates a playground in memory of Michaela.
5: It made me feel good because they chose something that was like her outgoing so they chose a playground she would just say she was happy that there was a bunch of kids who could come play
1: when the floodwaters recede Susan Jack comes home to a town destroyed
7: people in my town were walking around like something out of The Walking Dead It, it was tough Susan decides against moving to Ohio
1: and stays in her hometown to help rebuild. Her perspective on life
7: forever changed. Invest in the things that matter, and that's your family and people, your religion, because all that stuff, gone in an instant.
1: In White Sulphur Springs, Mark Solak is among those bringing the town back to life.
4: Community members decided they wanted to reinvest in white sulfur, and they've come back into the town and they're building, they're making it better.
7: My faith is much stronger now than it ever was before. I have experienced things that I do believe that God's hand was on that, okay? West Virginians are very hardy people. You are capable of far more than you think you are. Coming up,
2: tornado! There it is! There it is! The tornado is in there right now.
8: A tornado outbreak on Memorial Day. I closed my eyes. You know, at that point, I figured I was gone.
1: A young storm chaser races through the night tracking his very
2: first tornado. I'm seeing power flashes from where the tornado's impacting homes and it's snapping power lines. Only when lightning strikes
1: can he finally spot it.
2: Tornado, there it is, there it is. The tornado is in there right now. But then he realizes this is no isolated twister. So I'm running towards one tornado while another tornado is coming in behind me. Dayton,
1: Ohio, 50 miles northeast of Cincinnati, Monday, May 27th, 2019, Memorial Day. People are soaking in the sun, enjoying the unofficial kickoff to summer. But in nearby Circle Hill, a 20-year-old college student, Paul Hill, an amateur storm chaser,
2: has something else on his mind. The impending weather. I was monitoring the Storm Prediction Center and the weather model forecast because I was planning on chasing that night. But I had my doubts because, according to the Storm Prediction Center, the strongest risk of tornadoes was way up in northern Indiana. I'm like, I'm not gonna make it there in time. But then Paul spots something closer to home. I noticed something interesting on one particular model. It was showing three supercells moving just north of Dayton. So I'm like, okay, I should pay attention to this. So right around sunset, I raced west on 70 and began to position myself. In North Dayton, Eric Stafford has been spending the day with
1: his
8: fiancee Jennifer and her daughter. My neighbor has what you call a man cave in his garage. We go over and shoot pool, and we go hang out over there.
1: As night falls, 19-year-old Blake Gifford is driving a carload of kids back to Dayton after a day at a local amusement park
9: with his church group. That's when the weather takes a nasty turn. It was raining real hard. There's a lot of lightning flashing everywhere. So we were rushing to get back. So there is a large zone of... Adding to Blake's
1: concern, the radio newscaster is reporting possible tornadoes in the area
8: to give you some tornadic potential. We
9: hear about tornadoes all the time and hear warnings, but it's just something we hear about and we get scared about, but it never actually happens. After taking an early evening nap, Eric
1: Stafford wakes up to dark skies and gusty winds.
8: We were on the front porch and the flag was blowing pretty hard one way, and then all of a sudden it flipped the other way and snapped and... We watched it take off, and that's when I knew something bad was about to happen.
4: If you're just joining us tonight, uh, meteorologist Jamie Simpson has been on the air for the last hour updating people in our northern counties regarding tornado
9: warnings.
8: It is potentially gonna do a lot of damage. This is the most significant tornadic radar signature I've seen here in 20 years.
1: Watching TV at home, Eric hears reports of a tornado sighting in Dayton. A twister with wind speeds up to 150 miles
8: per
7: hour.
8: He was on one station going crazy. And the lady on the other station, she was really going crazy. Like, it's touched down. Everybody needs to take cover. And that was right before the power went out. If there's not a t- tornado on the ground, there's about to be. Trotwood and Clayton, this is headed right for you. There may be a tornado on the ground as we speak. You need to be in your safe spot right now.
1: Storm chaser Paul Hill drives to a wide open farm field on the outskirts of the Dayton suburb of Clayton. Moments later, he gets a glimpse of his first twister.
2: Confirmed tornado going on right in there to the right. Past that clump of trees. It's hitting Clayton. It is hitting Clayton. Wedge tornado. As soon as I saw the tornado, I called it into the National Weather Service. They were notified and issued a particularly dangerous situation tornado warning. Those are very rare. That means that the tornado is on the ground. The tornado is doing damage.
1: Blake Gifford has managed to drive his car full of children from the amusement park through the blinding storm and back to the church.
9: We get to the church, and it was raining pretty hard. There's a lot of lightning. And then we started getting text messages that there was a tornado that had touched down that was coming our way. Then Blake spots someone outside in the path of the storm. There was a grandmother there to pick up her granddaughter. She was in her car underneath the church canopy in front of the church. She didn't want to get out of the car because she was in her pajamas and she was also in a wheelchair. So we literally had to open her trunk and get out her wheelchair and open her door and get her into the wheelchair to get her inside. Back in North
1: Dayton, Eric tells Jennifer and her daughter to take cover in the basement. His thoughts then turn to his elderly mother who lives next door.
8: So I ran outside to my mom's to make sure she made it to the basement. Her door was already locked. And no sooner I turned around, A river of debris was in my face. I froze for a second, like, what am I looking at?
1: Storm chaser Paul Hill now finds a place to park on the exit ramp to Highway 75. 10 p.m. He shoots this video of an EF-4 with winds churning at 170
2: miles an hour. Tornado, there it is, there it is. The tornado is in there right now. I was in absolute shock. I was rushing with adrenaline in absolute shock. It was this big black wedge. You could see the wall cloud above it that was spinning and a big black wedge. And the only time you could see it is when it was illuminated by lightning. I continued to close the gap on the tornado and slowly move north. The tornado that Paul is chasing
8: has just engulfed Eric Stafford. I started yelling and tried to get back to my house, I really couldn't see much. I just kind of was flying on instinct. About that time, we had a big giant maple tree. It just twisted in half and slammed to the ground in front of me. And we have old rod iron rails that were still in the concrete. I grabbed them both because I could feel myself starting to move, you know, it was picking me up.
1: Eric desperately grips those iron rails as he's pelted with bags from the nearby Frito-Lay factory that's been blown apart in the storm.
8: Potato chips all around our house, bags of chips everywhere. Their building was gone. As Eric holds on for dear life,
1: his fiance Jennifer tries to pry the door open, but the air pressure from the storm has sealed it shut. Then the roof of his house begins to splinter and peel away. Jennifer rushes down to the basement to be with her daughter.
8: She knew that there was nothing she could do at that point. I don't blame her. I'm still screaming. I'm screaming I'm dead. That's all I can say is, you know, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. On
1: the other side of Dayton, Paul Hill makes the fateful decision to check his rearview mirror. He sees flashes from power lines snapping.
2: It's a second tornado. And this twister is chasing the storm chaser. And at that time, things went south really bad.
3: 911, what is
6: your emergency? The whole building is being ripped apart right now. In the bathroom upstairs, the roof is gone.
1: Just outside Dayton, Ohio, 20-year-old storm chaser Paul Hill encounters his first twister ever,
2: as a second one is heading right for his car. So I'm running towards one tornado while another tornado is coming in behind me. For a moment there, I thought, I'm going to die. Adding to Paul's challenge is the danger of storm chasing in populated areas. Chasing in cities is usually less ideal. It could be a little bit more dangerous, especially after dark not really safe if you can't see the tornado. And I'm just zigzagging through these suburban streets. The power's gone out in a lot of places. There was a few people out there, running lights, chaos was ensuing. I could still see power flashes on going to my north. In North
1: Dayton, Eric Stafford is holding on for his life, grasping two iron rails
8: outside his home. The wind pressure was so strong that it was picking me up. My feet's in the air. I'm holding on, trying to keep myself on the porch and get the door open at the same time. I closed my eyes. You know, at that point, I figured I was gone.
1: That's when Eric feels the wind's dying down
8: and he lunges for the front door. So I just pushed it open and went down to the basement, check on the kid, the fiance. After that, I run outside. Go next door to check on mom, and she's already up and out of the basement and screaming for me. And my neighbor comes out, and he was like, Are you okay? Everybody's screaming, Is everybody okay? Eric's house is badly damaged, but everybody is okay.
1: Elsewhere in Dayton, the terror is still unfolding.
3: 911, what is your emergency? A uh, steel pole came through the
7: roof and hit. hit. My
6: girl in my head. Our entire ceiling just fell in. I smell gas. Everybody get out, get to the ventilator. We don't
7: know where the cat has gone
1: to. And at least one more tornado has been sighted. Blake Gifford and his church group are breathing a sigh of relief as the first tornado passes them by. But as Blake monitors the radar on his phone, he recalls something a meteorologist friend
9: taught him about spotting twisters. They kind of showed me that like a tornado on radar kind of looks like a hook. I could kind of see it forming and I was showing some other people that I thought maybe this could be something. We started to see these purple and white flashes from transformers blowing up and power lines falling. The wind started to pick up. The rain would literally start like to float It was just floating in the air. We started to hear like a super loud noise, kind of indescribable.
1: With the tornado bearing down on their church, Blake and his
9: friends make a run to the safest rooms in the building. We rush into the bathrooms and we we yell for everyone to get down and cover their heads. All I can remember from while the tornado is actually passing over us was just the sound of people praying. Three miles away,
1: Allison Rindler is at home having spent the Memorial Day holiday nursing a cold. Her pet Maltese, Max, at her side. She's just taken nighttime cough medicine and is drifting to sleep when a flurry of text messages jolt her out of bed.
0: What got my attention was my brother's text message and the first and only thing he said was, the best place to be is in the bathroom. And I'm thinking, like, what are you talking about? At one point, I said, where are you? And he said he was in his basement. And if you've ever been into my brother's basement, it's not a place that you hang out.
1: Now fully awake, Allison hears the wind howling outside.
0: The worst part was the sound. It was loud, and it sounded like pressure. And that's when I got really scared.
1: Allison grabs Max and a pillow and scrambles for the bathroom. Then from her bathtub, she reaches
0: out to her parents. I texted my dad and said, are you with mom? And they said they were in the basement. And I said, it's really bad here. And um, being my dad, he said he's on his way. And I said, no, you're not, Um, but I love you.
1: As soon as Allison hits send, and otherworldly sound
0: fills the room. It was this, like, a jet engine or just something with the most force that you can imagine. And on top of this, just this boom, 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 boom. And I'll never forget looking down at my dog and thinking, like, like, we might die.
1: Blake Gifford and his church group are huddled in the church's bathroom in Dayton, Ohio, praying as an EF-4 tornado
9: pounds the building. They're praying, asking God to forgive them, asking to keep us safe. When the tornado strikes, Blake finds himself in a unique position to feel its mighty force. I fell right on a vent, so I could actually feel wind from the tornado being pushed through the vent into my face it sounded like the roof was being ripped off and the steeple was falling in. at the same time storm chaser Paul Hill
1: is weaving through the streets of Dayton trying to outrun this second tornado
2: looking in the rear view you see this big wall cloud I'm trying to flee for my life so I'm not trying to stop and look at the tornado at that point with some quick maneuvering Paul is able to get out of the twister's path
0: Allison Rindler and her Maltese Max are right in it, huddled in her bathroom. I remember thinking to myself, I can't believe how loud this is, and then it got louder. At its loudest point, hearing water being sucked through the pipes behind me, I looked down at my dog and thought, like, this could be it. This is boom. 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 And I couldn't understand it. But now looking back, I know it was the trees. All of the trees just fall around me, and things being ripped apart. But within a few minutes, it ended. And I just remember being drenched in sweat. We're just sitting there in this hot bathtub.
9: After the tornado, there was a lot of kids crying, and they were pretty upset. A few of the guys went out to check and some of us went to the front of the church and we had opened the door and saw that the canopy had fallen. The same canopy where just minutes earlier Blake Gifford and his friends had rescued a grandmother from her car. I don't know what could have happened but she could have been in the car when the canopy fell and could have crushed her. First light the next day reveals even more destruction. I could see the steeple ripped off. There was a lot of damage to the cars that were there. And that's when it finally hit me that that could have been it for me.
8: Wow. This is unbelievable. A lot of people in Dayton thought the homes were covered with dirt. But it's not. It's the debris, it's fiberglass, it's insulation, it's pieces of homes.
6: See how it shifted off? It came off the foundation.
7: It's all destroyed.
6: We were trying to find all the animals that was in the house. We found all of them, but one cat.
8: The trees look like they were literally put in a blender at the top and twisted and twisted and twisted to there was nothing left.
1: With her apartment severely damaged, Allison grabs her dog, Max, and makes her way outside.
0: You could hear babies crying. You could hear people screaming. Those sounds haunt me, for sure. It felt like the end of the world. Their homes were gone, and people are freaking out.
1: Once he has time to collect himself, amateur storm chaser Paul Hill reflects on his
2: harrowing experience. As I was leaving town, I went through two phases. The first was, oh, my God, I almost died. (laughs) The second was, oh, my God, I did it. I actually did it. I finally saw a tornado. Tornado, there it is, there it is. The tornado is in there right now. And the third was, people could have died tonight. This town was hit. I can, this is, this hasn't happened in years. I've never gotten to experience the dark side of the storm before.
5: All of the tornadoes combined damaged 258 square miles of property. Absolutely staggering. Certainly the
2: worst outbreak since 1974. The chaos and the grief We were
3: at the complete mercy of the man upstairs, to be honest with you. I'm lucky to be here.
4: The family dollar, it's gone.
2: Just realize how small we are in this big world and how vulnerable we are to these catastrophic events. The Memorial Day outbreak in
1: Dayton and southwestern Ohio lasts for two hours and 21 minutes. 19 tornadoes touch down. But remarkably, there is only one fatality, due in part to timely warnings, including Paul's. In the days following the tornadoes, Allison notices a change in Max's personality.
0: He was struggling with a type of cancer. I took him to the vet and it looked as if the tornado had thrown him into a stroke type situation. He didn't last but two days. So unfortunately, I lost my home and my dog within a week.
1: To help fill the void... Come here, let's look. Allison adopts a new puppy.
0: I just take every day by day. I try to say yes a little bit more and just live life because you just don't know when life is going to end and what way it's going to end. The day after
1: the tornadoes, Allison calls her boss at the fencing company, where she works as an office manager.
0: I sent a picture to my bosses and said, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it in on time. And they said, we're going to have the guys come out and help you. So the owner of the company sent out two crews with every chainsaw we had, and he cleared our entire street, which is probably 35 trees. It's a family-owned business, and they knew I was the office girl, but they made me feel like family that day.
8: There was people from all different places coming together to help. <laughs> it was giving out water to people driving by if they needed it. And those was this young, old, black, white, didn't matter. They were helping, and it was definitely made the city stronger.